The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. This is Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Going to check in with uh, Jesse Rogers here coming up at 5.30 from Game 7 of the NLCS. He's there covering it nationally. Why not check in with Jesse? It should be a uh, loud place. I heard Hembo say, though, he was very disappointed with the Philly fans in Game 6. They were front-running a little bit. Like, when they fell behind, they... They stopped cheering. They stopped making it they a hostile quiet. environment. Yeah. Don't get quiet tonight, guys. No, no. Even if you fall behind early. Mallory's got his waiver wire. It's helped me in my fantasy league a bit. So uh, that's coming up in 15 minutes from right now. I uh, was writing my uh, column for Shaw Media. That usually appears in the Daily Herald and other of the local papers around Chicago on Thursday. You can get it online then as well. I'm writing it on Bajent and... And and about how people want to downgrade him. Again, like, I'm not making it about him versus Fields. Other people, I feel, are. I feel like there are the, there's part of a, a loud minority of, of Justin Fields fans that are downgrade what he's doing. Because I feel like there are f- some Fields fans who are insecure about Fields' status with the Bears. We, we heard from some yesterday. You heard it, didn't you? Yeah, it's, I don't get it, but... If that's how you want to uh, you want to use your energy, have at it. I want to see a team win a football game. It's really simple. This kid played a good game, helped them win a football game. He's going to start Sunday night in, in L.A. because Fields is still out. When Justin is cleared physically, he will be your starting quarterback. Yes, yes. Period, end of story. That's what the coaching staff has told you. And I, I want to play you something that Hoodie uh, talked about with a caller today, too, speaking of that, uh, in a minute. But... First, I, I want to just bring up, just to build upon, because I wanted to see how accurate my brain was. I said yesterday in just applauding Bajan that there were many guys that the Bears spent money on or they gave up draft capital on who did far less than Bajan did, even in that one game. Like, that I, like, not comparing him to Fields, just saying that, hey, you know, Instead of downgrading him and instead of saying, well, he only threw for 162 yards or he only managed a game, just stand up and say, look, a kid in his first start as a rookie, and then when you drill down and you say he was a Division II undrafted kid, he did a really good job. And I told you about Jonathan Quinn and Rick Meyer and Cade McNown, guys who got paid, guys who were drafted, guys who were traded for, who... This, the 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 spotlight got too bright for them, and Beijing, to his credit, went out there and was totally poised, totally confident, was totally in control. Rick Meyer was like a Rookie of the Year finalist in Seattle. He was a high-profile player at Notre Dame. The Bears gave up the 11th overall pick when they traded for Rick Meyer. The 11th overall pick. It's a steep price. Do you know how many touchdowns Rick Meyer threw in his Bears career? Four. Mellor, do you have a guess? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it met the, the pick that he was traded for. I think, I think it 
I'm going to say seven. Seven. Do you know who Rick Meyer is, Tyler? Have you heard of I've Rick heard Meyer? I've heard the name. I don't know anything about him. Right. Like, this is, I think, maybe even before he he was traded. He played for the Bears in 1997. What year were you born? 97. 97. So they acquired him in 97. You Mom know, and Dad you know swaddled you in a Rick Meyer jersey. Tyler, do you, you know, know what number that is? Yeah. Do you know 12? what college? Was it 12? Wasn't he, was he number 12? Who? Rick Meyer? Rick Meyer? Was three. He Wasn't he three? Was he three? Looks with like the Bears? Bears? Oh, 13. I don't know. 13. 13. Do you know what college he played for, Tyler? Well, I, ju- I said it, though. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Notre Sylvie. Dame, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, that, but that, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Sylvie, but don't you think that was part of the allure to trading for him? As silly as it may have been. I think the, yeah, yeah, like the, the, the Bears ties. have always been a Notre Dame school. Ted Phillips went to Notre Dame. A lot of the people who work for the Bears have have had Notre Dame connections for sure. There's no doubt about it. The flailing Irish, I mean the Fighting I mean, Irish, the Fighting Irish. All right, so so you said four touchdowns, said four touchdowns in Rick Myers Bears career in his entire career. Meller, you said what eight, seven? I said seven. seven. Oh, no, Tyler, do you have a guess? Even you, uh, I'm looking at his. Pro okay, football reference right like, now, so I won't. He makes a good wine now. I think. I think he makes a good wine. Oh, he's in the Drew Bledsoe. I think he okay. is. So Rick Meyer acquired for the eleventh overall pick in the draft. This may be the worst Bears trade in history. Threw for zero touchdowns in his Bears career. All right. So Tyson Bagent is an undrafted rookie free agent from Division Two. Already outperformed Rick Meyer. Rick Meyer threw for zero touchdowns and six interceptions in his Bears career. He started only three games. Zero touchdowns, six interceptions, 51.5 completion percentage, 420 yards passing. Can you believe that? Based on the Bears' uh, quarterback history, sadly, I can't. They gave up the 11th overall pick, and he was their solution. This is just the guy who made the team as an undraft. So that's what I mean. Like, hey, I'm not telling you he's going to be anything or that he's more than a backup at this point. But stand up, whether you're a Fields guy, we're Bears fans. And say, the kid did a good job. He won a football game. He, he kept the rig on the road. He won one touchdown, zero interceptions, 162 yards. Which, by the way, brings me to this then. I had a lot of the, the, the Just Fields fans, which I'm now calling you, if you only root for Justin Fields. You're just known as Just Fields fans. Because you don't root for the Bears, you only root for Just Fields A lot of people downgraded that he only threw for 162 yards. Oh, well, (laughs) he managed the game. Only 162 yards. Do you know how many yards passing Justin Fields is averaging in his Bears career? 159 yards. You're very close. 161 yards. 161 yards. I had... Just Fields fans downgrade Tyson Bagent for throwing 162 yards in his debut as an undrafted rookie free agent at 162 yards. I think Justin threw for 95 against Kansas City. And 
he averages in his entire Bears career 161 yards passing. Again, he's much better. He's the starter. He should get his job back. My point is, before we all step on the kid, before we downgrade the kid, let's analyze what each one's doing. And I just wish the Justin Fields fanboys would say, he needs to be better. He could improve. There are things he can do better as a quarterback. It's not always Luke Getze's fault. It's not always the line's fault. There are things he can do better, too. Yeah, those folks don't lack uh, pointing the finger at others. Sometimes uh, you need to point the finger at yourself as well when you're evaluating the position. So I thought that was interesting stuff that I was uh, looking after today. Um, Bill is in Park Ridge. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Billy? Greetings and salutations, gentlemen. Um, my question is uh, kind of a versus. Um, uh, Jordan Addison versus uh, Darnell Mooney. Um, basically, they are the same person, uh, weight and height, et cetera, et cetera. But there's so much more play for Addison um, for Minnesota over what is um, there for Mooney for Chicago. I feel like it's kind of like scraps for Mooney. And I know that um, Wilde is, is kind of, you know, on top of him being like a, a second. And I agree with that. Uh, but it seems like Addison is their number one. So why are they so so successful with Addison being their number one and Mooney being our number two, but we're not giving him as much receptions? Addison, Addison, is, not, Addison is not their one. Justin Jefferson is their one. Well, Addison in the last three games has had uh, 20, I, I think, over 20 receptions. And Mooney, in our three, the last three games, I think has had like six. So, 16 receptions my, for Jordan Addison in uh, the last three games. Okay, and for Mooney, how many? Well, I, let's, let's drill down. What so, are we, so what my are we... question is that Mooney is the, is the veteran, right? And he is a, a, a damn good receiver. Well, you yes. know why, why don't you? He... You know why. You, tell us why. I, I don't know why. The qu- it's I, the I, quarterback. I, I, I think that, that, that we, we are just, we're kind of, it, it's kind of like a stepping stone. Like people are going backwards on our program as to who are getting receptions. And I, Mooney was a huge, huge part of his team last year. And now it's kind of like, eh, you know, he gets like two or three touches a game. Why not? He's the same person as Addison. I don't he, think. Well, he can catch the ball as Addison. Or Mooney was. I, what was Mooney? A fifth round pick, and Addison's a first round pick. Um, and second of all, it's it's the consistency of Kirk Cousins versus what the Bears have put out at quarterback. Well, the attempts are are different as well. Like not only it would be different, maybe as well. I mean, it's not an apples to apples comparison. Justin Jefferson is their one. When Justin Jefferson goes out with injury, he wasn't available against the Bears. He wasn't available last night against the 49ers. Jordan Addison's targets are going to go up. We have talked about from from day one here this year 
that Mooney has been ignored in the passing game way too much and that they need to focus more on him. Mooney's also playing with DJ Moore, who is a number one, and Moore has played in all of these games. So I I get your point. At the end of the day, I, I can't I, I can't make the Addison Mooney conversation. What I can tell you is is they need to focus on getting the ball into Darnell Mooney's hands more frequently, regardless of what's going on in Minnesota. I would guess that Kirk Cousins has thrown the ball in excess of 50 or 60 times more than all of the Bears quarterbacks have to, together. So they're throwing the football more. There's more targets. Uh, but, yes, I do agree with the premise that Darnell Mooney needs to be targeted more yeah. frequently. And he gets, look, for, for as much as I've said about Kirk Cousins, he delivers to his targets way more consistency, consistently than the Bears quarterbacks do, than Justin does. He gets it to all their guys more. He gets it uh, to Hawkinson more. He gets it to K.J. Osborne By the more. way, the Bears quarterbacks have thrown for 205 passes, 205 attempts. Kirk Cousins has thrown it 280 times. 75 more pass attempts in the same number of yeah. games. They don't run the ball as much. No. But he also completes the ball more. and probably 69% of his passes are completed. Yeah. Uh, nice. Marcello, Marcello in uh, Romeoville. Or do you go by Marcello? Which one? Marcello. Marcello, I got it right the first time. All right, what's up? Yeah, so I just first and foremost, I just want to thank you guys for what you do, man. You, you guys are your authentic selves, and the chemistry is just off the chain. Just with you being your authentic selves, I would actually go a little bit further to compare you to uh, Bajan in a way where Bajan is not going out here trying to be somebody else, and he can realize success by capitalizing on his strength. So. That being said, I am actually a Justin Fields fan. I've been following him since high school, and I was super excited excited to have him. However, I am still extremely excited to see Bajan doing his thing out there because of the reasons that I just gave you. One last thing that I will say, and I would love to hear what you guys have to say about it, I don't understand why people are not talking about the fact that of what his weakness is, at least at what it seems to be from what I've seen on two, two different occasions. One, the, the fact that he has, he doesn't have the as he has. And the reason why I say that, we saw no, him. No, well, you broke up there for a second. He doesn't have the what? He doesn't have, he doesn't have the cannon that he says that oh. he has. So we saw him uh, grossly underthrow DJ Moore, right? And then we also saw um, him them bring in Peterman to throw the Hail Mary. Why, why are we not talking about that? That's my only concern that I have with Bajan. Everything else, I feel, feel great about him. Well, so let's, I, I mean, be- he's only played one game, Marcello. So, like, let's see this week if they add to the game plan and they push the ball downfield against the Chargers defense that I believe gives up more per pass attempt than any quarter uh, any defense in the league so there may be opportunities that may end up being you know a valid you know observation that he lacks some arm strength he doesn't lack confidence in his arm strength as you heard no. him say but yeah. we'll find out yeah so one so one last question there what what would be your thoughts on why they would bring in peterman to throw the Hail Mary and not let him do it. They addressed it and they said that they, you know, I mean, the coach said Peterman's got a, a big arm, so they felt more comfortable with him doing that. Um, I, I, I guess, 
you know, Peterman can have a stronger arm. Is he a better quarterback? The answer is no. No, no. So hey, we'll, no. we'll, we'll, we'll I find yeah, out. I didn't get that. I, mean, I, I didn't find that any of the throws they asked him to make on Sunday lacked any velocity or any strength. But they also didn't ask him really to push the ball downfield. And, I, and I'd be careful judging his arm strength on the throw against the Vikings when he was thrown it to DJ Moore, where he basically shuffled into the, the his offensive uh, tackle. Yeah. He shuffled into Borum and basically did a whirly bird when he threw the ball. So I wouldn't use that as the you know as a measuring stick for what his arm strength. But is. his arm strength probably isn't no, above because oh, there's got to be a reason why he wasn't recruited. To a higher level, right? Like, why Why didn't West Virginia yeah, offer? Because he did win a state championship in West Virginia. Um, he did start a lot of games. He is pretty athletic. Yeah. He, he, he's not small. Nope. He's, he's 6'3". Yep. Why, you know, that, that, that's probably the measurable why Could be. he didn't get drafted. Well, right? and obviously it was something the Bears noticed because they put Peterman in to throw the, the yeah, Hail Mary. Right, so right. It's look, there are guys, though, that... You don't have to have a cannon to necessarily be to totally effective. I don't think I think Kirk Cousins has got a strong arm. I don't think Kirk Cousins got a cannon. Um, I think there's guys around the league that don't necessarily blow the dar- the barn door off the you know the situation with their arm strength. I, I think that guys some guys don't need to throw it that fast. Uh, let's uh, get to Meller's waiver wire. It is brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. You're damn right it is, Sylvie, and you can't say those words without playing the little jingle. And I know Waddle loves it, so I always give it to him. I do love it. I think it's great. Tell him more do action there for you. All right, boys, for your week eight waiver wire targets. Running backs, I always start with them because that's always what people need the most help with supply and demand. Deontay Foreman should come as no surprise, but he's still available in 51% of leagues, wow. so just over half, of course, with 130 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns. He should be your top target, especially while Khalil Herbert continues to be out. And with Roshan Johnson yet to clear concussion protocol, obviously Foreman should be your top priority. But I will say, once we do learn that Roshan Johnson is out when he returns, I would expect him to see at least a 50-50 split with Foreman, but I think what Foreman's game from this past Sunday does is it gets him involved no matter what. Roshan Johnson, I don't think, will just step in and assume the lead role because no, I don't Foreman either. looked very good. So I think that's the takeaway here. Foreman, your top target if he's available in your league. couple of Rams running backs. Now, Daryl Henderson is available in 88% of leagues. It was you know a, a debacle with the Sean Evans waiver wire last week. He was still the, even though he was on the roster and uh, Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman were not, Henderson and Freeman stepped into the top shares in the Rams' backfield. I think Henderson is the guy who had the better performance, 18 for 61 and a touchdown, but that doesn't mean that Royce Freeman didn't see, see his share of action. He had. He had uh, 66 yards on 12 carries, and it was almost a split roll. So even though I expect Henderson to be the guy who goes for more fab in most leagues, I think it's almost a 50-50 split based on what we saw. It just happened that Henderson scored the touchdown this past week. Somebody who I think is a little bit under the radar for you, Devin Singletary. The Houston Texans were on by last week, so he didn't have any stats. But the previous week started to work his way into their backfield. And even though I think most people think Damian Pierce 
is the lead running back for the Texans. I think Devin Singletary showed you a couple weeks ago with for 12 for 58, including a reception. I think he's somebody who might be kind of taking away that lead role from Damian Pierce. So if Singletary's available, he's out there in 74% of leagues. He could be somebody who you might be able to grab and you don't have to necessarily put in as the top waiver wire target. Somebody who I gave out last week, but he's still out there. Sylvie slyly picked him up in our league. He's available in 65% of leagues. Josh Downs for the yeah. Colts. You saw why, though. He he had over 100 yards, had a touchdown, and with Gardner Minshew showing that he has a good rapport with him, I think Josh Downs, again, if, he's, if you're in one of those 65% of leagues where he's available, you're going to want to grab him. A guy who's out there in almost every league, Demario Douglas, 99% available. The Patriots wide receiver finally getting some run for them, and he is an explosive playmaker. So even though I don't love the Patriots passing game, He's a dynamic player who they invested a little bit in in the draft. So I think Demario Douglas in deeper leagues is somebody who you might want to go ahead and check out if uh, you need him. And then finally, if you need some quarterback help, Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals have opened his 21-day window to return from the pup list. He's available in 77% of leagues. And even though he may not return this week, if you need some quarterback help, he might be the guy who can who you can scoop up off the waiver wire and help you down the stretch later in the season. They're gonna they're gonna play him. I think so. Would they trade him? Does he have any trade value? Ooh, I don't think with that contract. That's true. I yeah, just don't think. Yeah, that, that would that would work. It. Honestly, though, forgot you know, they just signed him. Yeah, I think that's why they're. That was a dumb signing. They for they got forced into sign. I don't know how that you want to talk about bad organizations. Yes, like consider. The signing happened, and then they immediately they had the fired clause. the GM, right? But they had the clause about studying. Remember with the iPad? Sure. And then didn't they didn't they fire the general manager soon after they signed him? Steve Kime. Yes. yes. And then Cliff Cliff Kingsbury was out. Look, it, it, it looks like the Deshaun Watson contract may even Ooh. eclipse that one as the worst in major sports history. What ha- I mean, what happened to him? But so, and know. I know and I. Was it all because of the sitting out and the massage controversy? But he, he seems to be zapped of all of his superpowers. Yes, super quarterback. He, he powers. was he was a great quarterback. He was in fantastic. Houston. He was trending to be part of that elite club. Yes, prior to that stepping in the bucket, and now so to speak. he looks like he he forgot how to play. Yeah. It's like the Monstars uh, in in Space Jam. And by the way, that contract is entirely guaranteed. Totally guaranteed. Well, and the whole, did you guys see what happened on Sunday with him? He was, he yeah. left the game, was evaluated for a concussion. And he was fine, but they was, didn't bring him back. Correct. And he's been dealing with a shoulder, shoulder injury. Yeah. But remember, uh, Kevin Stefanski a couple weeks ago said that he was cleared to play with the shoulder injury, but that he did not feel like he was up to it because his body was telling him he has uh, been an enigma in so many different facets with regard to why he's done what he's done off the field and on the field like i can't figure out how like just from a pure football perspective how he could go from being on the cusp of being an elite quarterback to being the guy that wow. he is now. Unbelievable. It's crazy. It is, uh, by the way, let's get to some baseball conversation with Jesse Rogers and Will, an all-time uh, legendary figure in the media industry, have to quit his job if the Diamondbacks win. Someone may have stuck their foot in their mouth. 
over their job. We'll play that for you coming up next. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Well, before we head out to Philadelphia, I want to play you this. Saw this on Twitter. I didn't know this happened. Uh, you know Mad Dog? Mad Dog Russo? I do. Uh, made famous from Mike and the Mad Dog originally on sports radio. Now there's Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM. Uh, he's on First Take now with Stephen A. Um, they call him Doggy on yeah, First Take. right. And uh, he does stuff on the MLB Network. So this is what he said when the Phillies were up 3-2, heading back to game six in Philadelphia. Take a listen to this on Mad Dog Radio. Uh, to make a long story short, I've been wrong in Arizona from day one. I, I, a, I'm stunned to beat Milwaukee. I thought they'd get swept by the Dodgers. I never thought they'd even go back to Philly for a game six. Uh, I'll try it one more time. I would not be stunned if they won tonight. I would be floored. floored. And I'll say this right now. Just uh, I'll say this right now. And Bob Raceman, write it down. If they win the next two days, they win the next two games and win this series in seven games. If they win, I will I will retire on the spot. He is saying that he's going to retire. He walked it back then today, of course, saying that he will only retire from radio. He said it on radio that he will retire from radio. He will still do first take. He will still do MLB radio. I mean, or MLB TV. He can do it remotely from his $10 million home in Naples, probably. <laughs> so he'll be okay. And, I don't think we're going to have to pass the hat for doggy. And uh, Tori Lovello uh, has also known about this, too. And, and he, he, like, this, the Diamondbacks all know about this. So this is a thing now. Let's retire him, is what they're saying inside yeah, that yes. dugout. Let's retire Mad Dog. Yes. Let's uh, pick it up with Jesse Rogers, who is in Philadelphia right now. He's brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota Dealer Association. Toyota, let's go places. We go to Philadelphia on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Did you, did you know about this story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It came up in uh, Tori Lovello's pregame presser today. I mean, it was like 10 minutes of Mad Dog stuff. Now, Tori knows Mad Dog well, so it's not necessarily mean-spirited. But what it is, guys, and you guys know this, we've, you've been around long enough. It's like the 15 Cubs or many other teams we've been around. When you are continually the underdog and dismissed at every different uh, portion of your postseason, you use that to fuel you. And he is just – this is the next thing to use – to fuel them, right? Everyone's expecting a Phillies party last night. That didn't happen. They're expecting it again tonight. So Tori loved it. I mean, this is the one year you can do it. When you are continually the underdog, you can use that to fuel you. And so he's doing it again tonight for Game 7. Because after this year, everyone's going to expect the Diamondbacks to do a lot. But, man, they have been pesky, and they have uh, the Phillies have allowed them to hang around. And who the hell knows what's going to happen tonight? Would, would you like to make a proclamation, yes. Jess? Well, I'll, I'll make I'll make two. I'll, okay, you know, and, it, and it's kind of easy. It's either the Diamondbacks win four to three, or they lose twelve nothing. And I'm serious about that in the sense that you've seen what's happened in some of these first innings with Schwarber and Harper. If this kid Brandon fought, you know, spell the name P F A A D T. If he can get through the first couple innings, but especially the first inning. Merrill Kelly did yesterday, even though he had two guys on base. Then the Diamondbacks have a chance. It's just that at 8 o'clock here, 
The 5 o'clock start time yesterday was interesting, local, because the fans weren't necessarily as into it. 8 o'clock, I was talking to the Phillies owner. He likes the 8 o'clock start. Get them all lubed up, right? The rookie takes the mound, and the fans are going crazy. If he can't survive the first inning, it could be a blowout. But if he does, watch out, man. This team has hung around long enough. Um, I, we've been using Kimbrel as a verb. They've been Kimbrel. The Phillies got Kimbrel a couple times, and they allowed the Diamondbacks back in this series. So who knows what's going to hey, happen. But if, this, if your prediction doesn't happen, will you retire? <laughs> yeah, no. Not no? until my last kid's through college. I'm not making okay, that promise. That's fair. Um, that's fair. Now, but you talk about motivation, man. They're using it. Uh, do, you, do you think that it, the crowd wasn't as into it because of the early start or just because they were down early and that's a, that's a, a crowd that gets into it when they're just thumping? There's no doubt that's a combination, but definitely the first thing was something. I, I'm telling you, the Phillies owner felt it. He's like, I'm so much happier it's an 8 o'clock start tonight. You know how it is. You're, you're filing in at 5 o'clock. You're coming off of work. Yes, they were into it. I'm just saying normally – this crowd is the best that I've ever seen, practically, where yesterday it was just your normal, great crowd. So it wasn't as overwhelming. Now, the difference also is the Diamondbacks were through it the first two games. I was talking to their closer last night. He's like, look, playing them in a best-of-seven is the best-case scenario because you've got to take that punch. Those first two games, we didn't know what hit us because they, they haven't played in this environment very much. But they were able to survive it and, and survive at home, obviously. And now you saw Merrill Kelly handle the crowd much better last night. Now, Brandon Fought did not pitch in the first two games. So we'll see if he can handle it. But they feel a lot better than they did the first two games in Philadelphia. It felt like they, they unintentionally, intentionally walked Schwarber last night to start the, the, the game. No doubt. That was my one question to Lavello today. I'm like, have you arrived at the point in this series where you are just simply not going to let Schwarber or Harper beat you those two guys, because think about it, nobody else. I wrote about Castellanos today, and I was a little nervous because I didn't know if we'd run it because he hasn't done anything, you know, in about a week. He's cold. Trey Turner's going a little cold. So uh, he basically said yes to that question. We are trying to avoid those two. I mean, he didn't say it straight out because he didn't want to reveal strategy, but I think you're right, Tommy. They're pitching around Schwarber as much as possible, and even Harper, especially when there's nobody on, it, on base in front of them. Um, and it does feel like if you can stop those two, you got a shot to beat the Phillies. What is it like, Jesse? Like, I, I was in denial a little bit last year when Philly was up and going, and I'm like, well, Wrigley in 15 and 16, and even 17 was rocking too. And I sort of waved the white flag on that this year when I saw what Philly was like. Is it the best atmosphere you've ever been to? It, it is. It is. And um, the last two years have really shown that like it is unbelievable um the wild card game in pittsburgh in 15 was amazing and then everything at home for the cubs was also amazing this does feel like a notch better and i've talked to other media members that were at the 16 world series and they agree this is one notch better it's the, the word that comes up is anticipation and i'm not saying cub fans aren't and other fans aren't but there's an unbelievable anticipation here I mean, it's after one strike they're on their feet. You know, normally it's after two strikes or two outs. There's just an amazing anticipation and a constant, constant noise. Um, nearly nobody is sitting in the stadium from, from the first pitch. That's something you see at football games, not baseball games. So, yeah, I grudgingly will say I think it's probably the best. Now, I might be, you know, it might be a recency bias thing, right? Um, but it's as good as any I've been around. I will say that. Do you feel this is a Phillies team that could feel some pressure tonight? I do. I do. I, I just don't think they felt like they, they'd be in this situation 
after those first two games. And um, I think anytime you get to a, a win-or-go-home situation, you know, you start to squeeze the bats. They're the overwhelming favorite. I think I saw they're the biggest Game 7 favorite in a long, long time. You know, whatever that is, minus 170 or something. 175. So this, yeah, yeah, that's huge for a Game 7 that can, that can normally go either way. So I, I think so, especially when you think about what I said. Only Harper and Schwarber are doing anything. So those other guys have to feel pressure, starting with, with Nick Castellanos. Um, so I don't know if Schwarber and Harper do because they're doing their job. But, but they could also because they feel like they're the only ones doing anything. And when you start to do that, you start to maybe swing at pitches you're not supposed to. I mean, let's face it. The Diamondbacks are playing with house money like no team we've seen in a few years. And that can get you to play a loose game. It's just that if they could deal with the crowd, and that's still a question mark for a young pitcher. It's, a, it's amazing, Jesse, isn't it, with all the Game 7s that you've been at, whether it be the Hawks or whether it be uh, the Cubs in the, the World Series Game 7. I remember being at the 2003 NLCS Game 7 uh, after the, the day after the Bartman game that the Phillies, in all their years of existence, have never had a Game 7. Yeah, that is strange. I mean, they've won world championships and all that stuff. So it is a new feeling for a lot of those players, and they're the favorites. So, yeah, I, I think you, you have to give the Diamondbacks a fighting chance, especially if they get past the first inning or two. How big a fan of the Phillies is Major League Baseball in general, Jess? Oh, my God. Because I of mean, the matchups yeah. that could be. Yeah. The, the, joke is, the, the joke among the media is, we're all going to be fired if it's Texas, Arizona, because no one's going to be, nobody's going to be clicking on our stories. Nobody's going to watch TV, Sports Center, all that stuff. So yes, they're big fans of the, of the Phillies. We'll see if that gets gets down to the umpires, right? Um, but it, uh, Texas, Arizona is just not big enough market for for baseball right now. All right, so I know you made two predictions, but narrow it down to one. What's going to happen? Yeah, I'll take the easy round. Say I, I just can't see the Phillies losing Game Seven at home. But I, we said that in '03 with the Cubs. Although that was different. We actually could see that because of what happened in game six. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the Phillies, uh, you know, at the, at, when push comes to shove, the Phillies figure it out, whether that to be the first inning or the ninth inning. I will say, and just, you know, I, I didn't know Tory Lavelle very well. I didn't know Rob Thompson very well before last year. Tory Lavelle is, is a gunslinger. Like, he will do anything. Where Thompson is kind of just, I'll do the same thing every day and just hope it, it turns out for the best. He doesn't change his lineup. He, it took him a while to move Kimbrough out of his role. So I, I like that Lavello has already showed, you know, he benched Tommy Pham, then he plays Tommy Pham, he hits a home run. So I feel like if it comes down to managers, Lavello's more, I like Lavello in a Game 7 situation more than Thompson. He just never changes anything. And I'm not sure if, if given that tough decision, if he'll come up big. So we'll just keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, Lavello's an interesting character, by the way. He's He'll say anything. He's been great with the media. Um, and he's part of that Boston connection. Like Theo yes. and Jed kind of discovered Tory Lovello, made him a, a minor league manager, and Mike Hayes and the GM came from there as well. So I was talking to them, and Jason McLeod is here now. You know, he drafted Schwarber. It's kind of interesting talking to him. Um, so there's a lot of connection to Chicago and Boston here in, in the, on the Arizona side. Jesse, before we let you go, a couple of local news and notes. There was a report last week, or maybe over the weekend, about Kyle Hendricks possibly trying to work out a new deal with the Cubs. Any truth to that? No. I've been told that is not happening. If anything, they will exercise the option. There's a chance they could talk in March, you know, spring training. But I don't think he's going to sign an extension anytime soon. 
I do think they will exercise that option. There's always a chance they won't make him a free agent now, but I don't see why he wouldn't be back for one year. Um, and I, I, I don't discount the chance of, of signing up another contract with him. I just don't think it's imminent or around the corner. I don't think they've had any discussions about a long-term deal. First up will be that, that uh, you know, uh, uh, optioning, um, uh, agreeing to the option, whatever you want to call it. And then we'll see what happens in February or March. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then um, I know we're a little while away from free agency after the World Series, and nothing really gets cooking till we get into the winter. But are you hearing any buzz on either team that we should know about? Uh, more Cubs than Sox, and it, and it's just going back to something I said at the end of the regular season. I think they're more um, likely to make some big trades than some big free agent signings. I've not heard anything new on Cody Bellinger coming back. I'm not sure where the Shohei Otani sweepstakes are in this moment. Um, that's going to be more about uh, the the, um, the winter meetings. So I, again, I mean, it's it's not often I predict a big off season trade. I think they will probably make one. I think they they built up that farm system enough that they are willing to make a trade. And also the fact that that free agent class isn't great beyond Bellinger and Otani. So I, I that's I, I my my prediction from the end of the season has been solidified during these playoffs talking to people they're more likely to make a big trade than a big free agent signing or it's equal like the same level degree of signing they make that the, the same could come in a trade polar bear is that which way where you're, you're circling that, yeah that was still that was on my radar yes at the end of the season polar bear that hasn't changed um i don't think he's going to sign an extension in new york which automatically makes him available and think about it not a lot of contending teams that need first baseman um, and I do know he wants to go to a contender. Like, he thought the, the Mets were going to be one. It didn't turn out that way. So there's just a lot of things that make sense for a polar bear trade. I'm not guaranteeing it. You know, it's, it's just uh, trades are always tough. But I think he's on the radar for sure. All right. Good stuff, Jesse. Thanks, Enjoy Jess. the game. Enjoy it. Okay, boy. Talk to you from the World Series. There you go. And, of course, the polar bear is Pete Alonso on the New York Mets, in case you don't I know. I thought they were just going to uh, trade for a polar bear. Right. This is the Bears and the Cubs, you know, we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. So why not add a polar bear? Winter meetings, the Polar Express. Jesse gave me the Rangers a couple days ago, and it worked out. He just said the Phillies tonight, so I'm going to play the Phillies. Are you going to what? Are you going to play them on the run line, like yeah, in a row? Of course, I mean, yeah. A little, put a little, you know, 25 percent boost okay. on it. Just play the run line. There you go. Um, I will talk to uh, Black and Abdallah. It's all brought to you by Steinhoffels, and it's coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, we crosstalk with Black and Abdallah in the old National Bank studio. It's brought to you by our great friends and partners. It's Steinhoffels. What's up, boys? Oh, oh sorry, about that. What's going on? sorry about that, buddy. Thanks, sorry, sorry, Thanks, sorry. Is it Victory sorry. Tuesday? Yeah. 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 Over Tomorrow to a Tuesday? will be a Victory Wednesday. Yeah, it feels good, right? Yeah, it does. All the way through Sunday. We need some more, but it feels good, right? Yeah. We're going to have a Victory pregame on Sunday yeah, with yeah. you guys. I'm, with, with, I'm with it. I'm with it. You get to sleep in on Sunday, too. Yeah, some road vibes, some late afternoon vibes. Yeah. We, uh, I believe Abdallah and I start like right in the witching window. We start at right? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Yeah. The, uh, the noon kicks will be coming to a close. Mm-hmm. We'll have you all covered, and then we'll get you ready for the official Bears pregame show at 5. Yeah, I'd It'll get be to great. go out on Saturday night. 
Ooh, now you're talking. Yeah, see, yeah. there you go. Get your drink on. There you go. Five o'clock's like late enough where I can oh, go yeah. out on Saturday night. Yeah. Eight a.m. Has... is late enough for us sometimes. Yeah, yeah sometimes. Yeah. You guys gambling on <laughs> hockey these days? Well, I gamble a ridiculous amount on hockey. Yeah, right this I, second. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to play a uh, a Bedard B- scoring Bedard, a goal. Uh, Bedard shots have not hit the last. Two no, games. they've sort of uh, yeah. learned they've... how to defend him a little bit. Well, I don't. He didn't have any shots two games ago, and I think he only had one really? or two None? shots. Yeah, bust. No, he scored last game. Didn't he? <laughs> last game, yeah. two games ago, I don't think he had any shots. Right. Well, we don't know last game, I think he only had one. He had the goal, which is one, obviously. And I don't. I think that was his only shot on goal. <laughs> Take but, him yeah. first to score, Waddle. Yes, sir. <laughs> you got it. First to score, Bedard. Uh, we I'm saw him walking in. He looks like he's going to homecoming. Yeah, he does. Yeah, like, well, he's, he's, young. So, he's so young. Yeah, it's what he it's should be doing. He actually at this point looks like life. the guy he's he's walking. He was walking next to. Doesn't look old, but it looks like Dad is escorting yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaperoning him as they like drop him off. Pictures. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Father son pictures at school. That's crazy. I'm Look excited for, for Blackhawks tonight. You you were asking earlier, what will people watch? Yes. You have college football tonight. You have the the game seven of the NL, uh, NLCS. I think that's the more, most important thing. I'm watching thing. baseball. Yeah, and the, the NBA. I mean, the, the NBA is fun that it's back, but like don't you don't care. really have to watch it, right? No, like, no we it's all know on. That, and, you know, some of the teams, some guys will be there. Like, Bradley Beal's not playing tonight because they're being cautious. He theoretically, if he had to play, could play, but they're being cautious. It's like, oh, we're, we're not learning anything from the mandate right. from it's the a, league to, it, it, to 82 games means 82 games. Like, it, it's just. Well, and I think that's a turnoff to fans, too, is like these people who do get excited about it, and now mm-hmm. you're being cautious in game one. Yeah, and then they're a, they're a super team, right? You have Durant, you have Booker, you have Beal now. I mean, that people want to watch that. But if how does the it, league truly? How are they going to police this? I got a hammy. Oh, I'm a little sore. They claim they're going to find teams, but they should eliminate them. You're going to find me if I've got a hamstring. Tournament. No, not if you're hurt. No, right. if well, you're you can, hurt, okay, but. but you know, there's different levels of hurt. Yeah, I and, can't play tonight because I've got a hamstring. It hurt me in in shoot around. Yeah. Right. Like, it's such an easy line to blur. And did you, you guys saw the article from like a week ago, or maybe two weeks ago, saying that there's the study that was done by the league that rusting actually doesn't help right. prevent getting injured? It was done by Tom Thibodeau. Though. Thibodeau was right and all along, guys. He, <laughs> he was right. Yeah, we'll be getting a text from Fred Huebner <laughs> later tonight. Freddie, one last time. We were only talking about Joe Kimoa playing 48 minutes on a knee that needed surgery. That's right, what we were talking right. about. We were never talking about... Grinding bone on bone for 48 minutes. We were never talking about sitting no. guys out no. of games. Never. We were talking about limiting their minutes while hurt. Yeah. By the way, it was game 82 as yes, well, and yeah. it was meaningless. Or when Derek had back spasms yes. in Milwaukee and they were up 25. Yes. No, get back out there. All right, boys. Full show today? Full oh, yeah. show, yes. Full show. We have an investigation to get to this oh, show. Yeah. Really? Another investigation. Yeah. Some people are messing around with our stuff. Oh, no. It's, we have, it's yeah. definitely it's Charlie. True. It's definitely Charlie. No, it's, yeah. No, I don't we, think Charlie has the claws. We showed it to the powers that, uh, of B2. They're very concerned. The evidence. Very concerned. Is, is this like, a serious? Is this no, a serious yeah, no, thing? This is absolutely real. It's like there was a, a wildcat in our office. Yeah. Oh. Something tried to tear into something. Yeah, we had a, we had an attempted B&E. Yeah. Do you guys have cameras uh-huh. in there? We don't. We should invest. Not if someone yet. wants a partner. Are you starting with this? Yeah, yeah. We're I'm, going to, I'm yeah. going to, uh, I'll get in the car and yeah. listen. Was there food in there? 
It was probably no. Waddle then, if there was. There was no food. He was looking for crackers. You got some crackers in we there? We do have food yeah. out in the office. You know, it's like the little traps. Those are our traps. Yeah, we set traps. <laughs> you, guys got, you, got, trap. you got rid of the popcorn in the popcorn <laughs> container. Oh, I, I finally See, threw it out. That was, from, that was from Christmas. I know. Yeah, don't worry. I another month and a half, another thing will right, show up. I want to hear this. I looked at Abdallah and go, I should probably throw this out. <laughs> Lekin Abdallah coming up next. Thanks to Wilbon, who joined us. Jesse Rogers as well. Tyler Aki. Job well done. Meller was back today. Thank you to him. For Waddle, I'm Sylvia. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Tuesday night.